Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, good morning. Man, what a great crowd. Good to see all of you here. Appreciate you being here today. Uh, I have the privilege, and I mean a deep privilege, of being able to speak to you today. I appreciate it so much. Uh, it's always an act of God's grace when I get to do this, and uh, so I'm excited to be here with you. Hey, on Wednesday nights, our students, uh, junior high and high school, uh, meet here for their small groups. And they meet here in the worship center, and they're going through the Daring Faith material, same stuff you're going through. Uh, Pastor Andrew has tweaked the videos a little bit to make them a little more interesting for teens. And, uh, but they have a great time up here. And one of the things they do before they do the study, they set up this big apparatus here in the, in the worship center uh, with this PVC pipe. And uh, it's called 16 Square in the Air. And you play it with a beach ball. They've got a beach ball here. And the goal is, is you don't want the beach ball to fall and hit the floor in your square. So, and if it does, then you're out and somebody else comes in. There's a big line of teens here waiting to get in. And I stopped by Wednesday night and played that with them. And man, it was an absolute riot. And I just want to tell you that uh, your teens are just so special. I mean, we just had a great time. They were just so gentle, so kind, so sweet, so inclusive, so deferential, just, uh, just such a sweet vibe in the room. And uh, it was just an awesome time, and, and we had a great time. And I went home and put an ice pack on my shoulder. <laughs> and then all night in my sleep, I was dreaming I was getting hit in the face with a beach ball. <laughs> and I woke up Thursday morning, and I'm going, man, I can't wait till I can do that again. It was, it was just a lot of fun. So uh, today I get to speak to you on our daring faith topic. Uh, we're looking at daring to wait on God. A uh, few things are more irritating to us than having to wait. Uh, waiting in traffic, waiting in the doctor's office, waiting in line. We don't like to wait. Yet waiting, waiting is an extremely important part of life. Uh, learning to wait patiently is a life skill. Uh, patience is a virtue. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit, and learning to wait is an important part of your spiritual growth and development. There are some things we learn in waiting that we don't learn any other way. Now, every child has to learn the difference between no and not yet. You notice that? You know, there's a difference between no and not yet, and an immature child doesn't understand that difference. Neither does an immature adult, okay? And so uh, our, our inability to wait causes so many problems in our lives. Our inability to delay gratification, to wait until the time is right, uh, just causes so much pain, so much mayhem uh, in, our, in our lives. And the most frustrating of all is when you're in God's waiting room. When, uh, you know, some of you, you're waiting on God right now. You're waiting for God to open a door. You're waiting for God to give you a job opportunity. You're waiting for God to answer a prayer. You're waiting for clarification on a direction in your life. You may be waiting for healing. You are praying, 
but nothing's happening. And so you got to remember, not yet is not no. So, so why does God delay things? Well, on, on your notes, on the screen, look at this. God does everything, say these next uh, phrases with me, just right and on time. God does everything just right and on time. But people can never completely understand what he's doing. Okay? God is God. I'm not. I don't understand when it's just right and on time. That's why I have to trust God. So today I want to address two things with you. I want to talk to you about what do I need to remember while I'm in God's waiting room and what do I need to do while I'm in God's waiting room. Because the waiting is an element of daring faith. Uh, waiting requires as much faith as uh, taking the initiative. Waiting requires as much trust as taking a big risk. So first of all, on your notes, let me give you five things to remember when you're in uh, God's waiting room. Number one, remember there's a natural delay between planting and harvesting. There's a delay between planting and harvesting. Uh, we're, we're moving into planting season. I know the last couple of days haven't felt like... How many gardeners are, are out there? Any of you gardeners? Okay, yeah, see the gardeners, they can feel it. They feel it coming, and we get these nice days, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, and then we get a cold snap, no, not. But, but they know it's coming. Now, when I plant tomato plants, do I go out the next day and expect to see full-grown tomatoes? No. When I plant carrots, do I expect to go out the next day and see full-grown carrots? Not unless I'm Bugs Bunny, okay? So there's a delay between planting and harvesting, a delay between sowing and reaping. Ecclesiastes 3, 1, 2. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to plant and a time to harvest. And this isn't just a principle with planting and, and sowing and reaping and that kind of stuff. It's, it's for everything there's a season. There's a time for every activity. And so there is a season for everything. You don't plant and harvest in the same season. And many of you, through this campaign, you, you, you've planted seeds of faith. And I just need to remind you that you may not see the harvest immediately. Uh, the, the harvest may come in another season. There, there's a natural delay between planting and harvesting. A second thing you need to remember you need to remember that there's an unseen battle going on. There's an unseen battle. There is spiritual warfare going on behind the scenes that we cannot see. There is a spiritual dimension to life. There, there is a spiritual war that is raging between good and evil, between God and Satan, between angels and demons, and you and I are caught right in the middle of it. Ephesians 6.12 says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So when, when you send up a prayer, a, a battle begins to rage on how that prayer is going to be answered. And you send up a prayer and Satan starts shooting darts at you while you're in the waiting room, the uh, dart of doubt, 
the dart of discouragement, the dart of disappointment, the dart of delay, uh, the dart of depression. And the truth is, we don't know a lot about uh, this spiritual warfare that's going on behind your prayers. Uh, But we get get a glimpse, the curtain's drawn back just a little bit on this in Daniel chapter 10. Uh, In Daniel 10, uh, an angel comes to Daniel. And, uh, and the angel said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God. Your request has been heard in heaven. So the first time you pray, your, your prayer is heard in heaven. Okay? It's not like you've got to pray 97 times in order to get God's attention or for God to hear it. First day, first time you pray, your request is heard. The angel says, I have come in answer to your prayer. But, but look, at this, look at this dynamic. But for 21 days, 21 days, where have we seen that number before? 21 days of prayer and fasting? Okay. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And so Daniel prayed. The angel was trying to come to bring the message. There's a spiritual warfare that's going on. And and he is delayed uh, for 21 days till Michael the archangel intercedes on his behalf. I don't know any more about this than what I've just told you. But what I do know is, is that our prayer life and what goes on is not as simple as it seems. There, there are great things that are happening. And what we need to remember, you'll need to write this on your outline. There's no blank for this. Just write this down. A delay is not a denial. A delay is not a denial. When an answer to prayer is delayed, doesn't mean it's not going to be answered. doesn't mean God hasn't heard it. There may be spiritual warfare going on behind your prayer. So keep praying. Number three, I need to remember that God is preparing me for his blessing. God is preparing me for his blessing. Before God answers your prayer for a job, for a mate, for a child, whatever your prayer request might be, God wants to get you ready first. Because God's more interested in developing your character than he is in just popping out answers to your prayers. Because it's your character that you're going to take to heaven with you. And so 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7 says, There is wonderful joy ahead. There's blessing ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. You know, God test and refine your faith because it's precious it's precious to him and some of you are going through the refiner's fire right now uh, you know i mean you you are feeling the heat what do you do when you're going through the fire you keep going okay you don't stop you keep going you keep on walking in faith and peter says that these troubles are there to test your faith so jot this down Again, no blank. Waiting is always a test. Waiting's always a test. It's a test of your character, test of your trust, test of your faith, your endurance, your perseverance, a test of all kinds of things in your life. In Romans 8, 
uh, the Apostle Paul uses a great analogy. He, he compares waiting in life with being pregnant. Okay? And I love this in the message paraphrase. Uh, he says, uh, waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. Meanwhile, when we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He, the Holy Spirit, prays in us and for us. He knows us far better than we know ourselves and knows our pregnant condition. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. So Paul says that, that waiting for answered prayer is like being an expectant mother. You know, they don't call it expecting for nothing, do they? Because when a woman has a baby, she's expecting that baby. And Paul says that's what it's like to wait on God. You know it's coming, but you've got to wait for the right time. And number four, I want to remember that I'm in good company when waiting on God. Uh, Noah waited 120 years before it rained. Uh, Abraham waits 100 years before he has Isaac with his wife, Sarah. Uh, Hebrews 6.15 says, after waiting patiently, Abraham reached what was promised. And this week in your small groups, Pastor Ryland's going to talk more in detail about Abraham and his waiting. But Joseph spent 14 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Moses waited 40 years in the wilderness to discover his purpose in life. Hannah waited for years for the child uh, that God would give her. The nation of Israel waited hundreds and hundreds of years for the Messiah to come. We get in a hurry. God is never in a hurry. God is never in a hurry. Because waiting is essential to our spiritual growth. So number five, in, in, when you're in the waiting room, you need to remember God always, always keeps his promises. Uh, I love Habakkuk 2.3. It's one of my favorite Bible verses. God says, at the time I have decided. Get that? At the time I have decided, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. God says, my words will come true. You can trust that if God says it, it's going to happen. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting because it'll happen. Now, that's what you remember uh, in, the, in the waiting room. Uh, now, I want to talk to you about what do you do while you're in the waiting room. And we're going to use the, the word wait, W-A-I-T, uh, to help you remember this one. And the W stands for write down the lessons I'm learning. Write it down. Waiting is a season of listening. Waiting is a season of learning. And while you're listening, while you're learning, you need to write it down. That, that's the power 
That's the power of these little devotional books that we've used. We've used these things for years in our spiritual growth campaigns. I've got a stack of them in my office of, of the campaigns that we've done. And the power is, is that every day it gives you a place to write down uh, what God is telling you, write down uh, what you're learning. And the reason that's important is because when you don't write the lessons down, you forget them. And when you forget them, God has to teach them to you all over again. And some of you have been through the same pain in your life eight, nine, ten times. And I'm begging you this time, write down the lesson so that you don't have to go through it for the 11th, 12th, and 13th time. Moses led the children out of Egypt, the children of Israel, and they went across the wilderness to the promised land. You can cross that distance in a fairly short period, a period of days, maybe weeks, even with a huge group. But it took them 40 years to make that trek. Why? Because God was teaching them lessons along the way, and they kept missing the lesson. God give them a test, and they would fail it. And every time they'd fail the test, God would say, take another lap around Mount Sinai. Take another lap. And you know, they weren't in the wilderness by accident. The, the waiting in the wilderness has a purpose. Uh, God is teaching you something. And, and some of you, you're in the wilderness right now. But if you're going to get to the promised land, you've got to go through the wilderness. You've got to spend time in the desert. Uh, you, you've got to go through that dry spell. And the lessons that you're learning in the wilderness, you write them down so that you remember them. Uh, Numbers 33.2 says, At the Lord's direction, Moses kept a written record of their progress. Are you keeping a written record of your progress in the Christian life? Are you writing anything down? Now, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about a diary. A, a spiritual journal is different than a diary. A diary is about what you do. Today, I had a mocha frappuccino. Nobody cares, okay? Now, a journal is not about what you do. A journal is about what did you learn. A diary is for events. A journal is for lessons. And so you write it down. A in wait stands for act as though I already have it. I act as though I already have it. That, that, that's called walking in faith. And... Uh, Here's how Jesus puts it in, in Mark 11:24. Let's look at this. Jesus said, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Okay? I want you to notice the, the change in tense that's going on here. Okay? There's a change in tense. He says, believe that you have received it. That's past tense. You have received it. And he says, then it will be yours. That's future tense. So is Jesus saying that I've got to believe something is so, even though it isn't so, in order for it to become so? Yes. That's exactly what he's saying. That's called faith. When you thank God after he answers your prayer, that's gratitude. Gratitude is very important. But when you thank God before he answers the prayer, that's faith. 
and you act as though you've already got it, then you'll get it. According to your faith will it be done to you. So let's go back to the, to the pregnant woman again. Every pregnant woman does this. She carries inside her body the promise of a baby. And she's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Even though she can't see the baby, she knows it's there. She is confident that it's there. So even though she's never seen the baby, she starts preparing in advance for the baby's arrival. In faith, she starts eating differently. She starts taking better care of her body. She starts sleeping differently. She starts buying maternity clothes. She starts stocking a nursery. She gets baby clothes. She gets diapers. She gets a changing table, a rocking chair, a crib with a mobile on it. She gets a stroller and a car seat. She's doing all of that in faith. She hasn't seen the baby yet, but she acts as though it's already here. She's expecting a baby. Another illustration. Some of you may be out of work right now. You're looking for a job. You are waiting for a job. You are praying for a job. So if you had a job, how would you act? If you had a job, would you lay around all day in your pajamas and not take a shower? No. If you had a job, you'd set an alarm, you'd get out of bed, you'd get dressed, and you would make good use of your day. That's what you need to be doing while you're waiting for a job. You need to start acting like you have a job now. Don't wait until you get the job to act like you have a job. There's no faith in that. You act in advance, in anticipation, in expectation. You set the alarm, you get up, you get dressed, and you make good use of your day. Write this down. Waiting is not passivity. Waiting is not passivity. There's a difference between passively waiting in fear or even apathy versus expectantly waiting in faith where you take action. You get prepared and you act as though you already have it. Uh, you know, God does this. You know, God called, changed Abram's name to Abraham. God called Abram uh, the father of a multitude before he even had a kid. God did that with Gideon. He called Gideon a mighty man of valor. That was the last thing Gideon was. Gideon was a weakling, a coward, hiding in the cistern from his enemies until God got a hold of his life and made him a warrior. Jesus does this. He, he does it with Peter. He calls the disciples together, and he looks at Peter, and he says, I'm going to call you rock. I'm going to call you rock. The disciples are standing around, and they're going, rock? You're going to the guy's impulsive, he's fly by night, he's just off the seat of his pants, he's just crazy. He is the most unstable member of the group. You're going to call call him pebbles maybe, but don't call him rock. Okay? But Jesus could see what Peter was going to become. And so he God speaks it into existence and he tells you and me to do the same thing. So I act as though I've already got it. The I in wait is imitate. I imitate the habits that grow strong faith. The habits that grow faith. Uh, you've got a whole uh, class, uh, uh, 
Step two in growth track is about the habits that are essential to spiritual growth. And Hebrews 6.12 says, uh, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Notice, faith and patience go together. Paul says it like this in Philippians 4.9. He says, keep on putting into practice all you learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing. That's called imitation. And so while you're waiting, you look around, you find a godly woman, a godly man, and, and you see what they're doing, and you imitate their faith. We grow in our faith by imitating the faith of others. That's the power of small groups. That's the power of Celebrate Recovery. Okay, thank you. Because it lets you observe the faith of other people. And yes, there are lots of people who can be used as bad examples. Okay, I'll give you that. But there are also lots of people who can be good examples. And so you want to look for those people and imitate their faith. You keep on putting into practice what you learn from them. So here, here's the thing to write down for this one. When you're in the waiting room, don't put my life on hold. Don't put your life on hold. Waiting is not inactivity, idleness, laziness, passivity, apathy. Waiting is a time to develop the habits and skills that you're going to need later on. So what are the habits? First, keep on praying. Matthew 7, 7. Keep on asking, and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened. You keep on asking, seeking, knocking, praying, and you'll get your answer. Next, you keep on serving. Romans 12, 11 says, Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. There is a correlation between waiting and serving, uh, even, in, even in the terms. Uh, you know, to, to wait all on somebody also means, you're not just standing around idly, it can also mean that you are serving them. I mean, have you ever, have you ever had a waiter at your table? I would say, why do they call him the waiter? I wait for the table, I wait for the water, I wait for the menu, I wait for the food, I wait for the check, and he's the waiter, okay? I'm the one doing all the waiting, yeah. But he's serving, he's serving. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. You know, if you want to renew your strength, you begin to serve the Lord. So while I'm waiting for something to happen, that's a good time. Find a ministry, get involved, start serving. You also want to keep on going to small group. Uh, Hebrews 10.25 says, Don't give up the habit of meeting with other believers. Instead, keep on encouraging each other. And some of you, maybe for the first time, you've gotten into a small group during Daring Faith. And so you've taken the risk, you stepped out, you got into a group, and now, you know, six, seven weeks later, here we are, and you think, oh good, now I don't have to go to a small group anymore. No, don't give up the habit of going to small group. Now, if you want to change groups, fine. 
you know, try a different night, try a different group of people. If you're in a group that doesn't click with you, they don't meet your needs, that's fine. You know, if you go to a doctor and you don't like the doctor, you don't say, I'm never going to the doctor again. No, you just find a different doctor. If you go to, out to eat in a restaurant and you think, boy, I didn't enjoy that, you just, you don't say, I'm never going to eat out again. You just find a different restaurant. So if you've gotten in a small group and it's not been a good fit, that's fine. You've learned how to love some people who are different than you, okay? But just look for another group, give it a try until you find one that's a good fit. Don't give up the habit, keep on. And then you keep on sowing. Ecclesiastes 11.6. Keep on sowing your seed, for you never know which ones will grow. Perhaps they all will. And so you've sown seeds of faith during this season. Keep on sowing your seed because you, you never know which ones are going to grow. Now, the T in wait stands for trust God instead of panicking. I trust God instead of panicking. Uh, you know, when things don't happen at the time or the way that we think they should, sometimes we start to panic. And, and we just need to realize, God's never in a hurry. God is never late. God is always right on time. And he already knows what he's going to do in your life. He knows next month, next year, the next decade. And his plans for you are good plans. You just need to trust him. So I will trust God as I wait. And while I wait, I'm going to write down the lessons. I'm going to act as though... It's already happened. I'm going to keep on doing the habits, imitating the faith, praying, serving, going to small group, keep on sowing, and then I'm going to trust God. Uh, Psalm 56.3 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I'm afraid, I will trust you. That's daring faith. Let's pray together. I'd invite you just to pray this prayer with me today and just say, God, maybe I'm in the waiting room because you're waiting on me. You're waiting on me to grow my faith. And I've been afraid to trust you. I've been afraid to commit to you. I've been afraid to step out in faith. And so the waiting room is really a room of my own making. And so, God, I pray today that I might, I might not put my life on hold, but I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on serving, keep on going to small group, keep on sowing, keep on trusting. And God, help me, help me to write down the lessons that I learned so I remember them. And God, help me to start preparing, learning the habits, the skills, the abilities that I need for the blessing that you're going to bring into my life. If you're here today and, and you've never opened your heart and life to Jesus Christ as, as your Lord and Savior, I'd invite you to do that right now. Just simply say, Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. And give me that new, abundant, eternal life that you offer to people who trust in you. God, we thank you that you always keep your promises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook. 
Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.